welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say, the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. And based on my fantasy football performance this week, I should probably consider it a much more serious undertaking. All right, on the show today, episode number 51, we're over 50, Tim. We try to decode what's up and what's down in the NFL. Good luck to us. The Bucks and Arizona are reeling and India surging. Urban Meyer fired by the Jaguars right after our last podcast. Perfect timing. We try to predict who makes the playoffs from the on-the-bubble teams in each conference in the NFL. And the NHL has a COVID pause, and the NBA has a slew of COVID cancellations. All right. You can email us at dsethepodcast on gmail at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, five stars to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we'll read it on the pod. That is the deal. And Spotify now has ratings too for podcasts. So if you listen on Spotify, or even if you don't, give us five stars there too. All right. With all that out of the way, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is another guy who hasn't been shut out since 2006, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. I'm trying to think if that's actually a true statement. I mean, it <laughs> depends on what you're, depends on what, what game you're referring to, like crimmage. Um, uh, baseball, correct. baseball, is your base, baseball coaching uh, career? Uh, Have you been shut uh, out? Unfortunately, I'm sure we've been shut out um, in the last... 15 years um, flag flag football we definitely haven't been straight out in flag no football. when we yeah. played flag football we were a very pro we were the yeah we were the best uh best show on i don't whatever know whatever they called it whatever, whatever they, we played yeah, on that, that field, field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man um yeah how about that that what a wild a wild week in the nfl um just i mean between COVID sweeping through what seems now like every team and all the way to Tom Brady. Uh, it was just an absolutely wild week of, of football. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I joke about it that at the beginning that like my fantasy football teams were, uh, you know, a disaster, a walking disaster, but um, I had so many different players, so many different leagues, so many different rules and somehow they all lost. Um, I, I was, looking at it earlier and obviously you know players like cooper cup were still up there at the top but one of the top running backs was duke johnson who uh was probably a free agent in almost every league and not started in almost every league um and you know that is the kind of thing that just happens occasionally towards the end of the season you know you'll find that the players that win you at the championship are are completely out of football by the beginning of the next year um but this one was an especially weird one with um, obviously Tampa Bay and all their studs putting up zero points. So if you had Tom Brady and Tom Brady probably got you to the playoffs, um, you had zero, you know, right. had less than 10 points, um, overall, um, Godwin, Chris Godwin went out injured in their team. Um, Leonard Fournette, who probably also got you to the playoffs, went out injured. Um, Mike Evans went out injured or, you know, uh, probably <laughs> was, it was invisible for that, but, um, yeah. He did go out. So they were throwing to like Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I mean, it, it was just some Johnson, Darden, Scotty, Scotty Miller, you know, that kind of uh, thing at the end. And I know we've seen Tom Brady elevate, you know, teams with 
players at wide receivers at that level, but it was very um, fascinating. I thought to just see him just not be able to do it. You know, yeah. you just so you so expect that to just happen. You know, well, you know, you kind of, I mean, saw the writing on the wall. The first pass of the game um, should have been intercepted, uh, but it, it ended up the ball ended up hitting the ground. I mean, he just looked looked off all all night and then you know you, you think you're gonna go in and get a halftime adjustment uh the score's six nothing and you're like all right well you know they'll go in there sort it out and uh then next thing you know it's they, they haven't scored you know they own minimal first downs never really even a threat uh it, it was an, a bizarre football game yeah and even at nine nothing you're kind of like okay here it comes Right. It's halfway through the fourth quarter. It's nine nothing. You're like, all right, here it comes. They're going to go down and score, then stop them, then kick a field goal and win mm-hmm. 10 to nine. Like uh, that one felt like inevitable to me. And it just never, it just never came. Um, Gronkowski was their only helpful, you know, a healthy starting receiver. And um, obviously not having Fournette, who's become an integral part of their, their offense in passing and, uh, and rushing. But I think the other thing is this is kind of a similar thing that teams try to do to Patrick Mahomes was just make him frustrated, right? Like just frustrate him in one way or another. And New Orleans always seems to have Tampa Bay's number. Well, whoever's playing. Um, so that, that is a definitely an interesting matchup um, and puts New Orleans back in the, in the playoff picture as well. I mean, so that, that, well, I know we're going to talk about that a little later, or if you want to jump to it now, it is, I guess this is exactly what the NFL was hoping for by adding a seventh, uh, seventh spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're, they're opening it up to, um, to just kind of like the playoffs going, the playoff, um, chase really going down to the last possible minute here. So yeah, why don't we, why don't we segue into that? So one of the things that, that I wanted to, uh, talk about Tim and let's start with the NFC because we were talking about, um, the Bucks. Um, yeah. So uh, in the NFC, the AFC is crazier. So we'll start out with the easier one here. Okay. Um, so in the NFC, let's. I'll start from the top, so we can throw these teams out. Packers have clinched their division at eleven mm-hmm. and three. At ten and four, we have the Cowboys, Buccaneers, Cardinals, and Rams. Okay. So they're they're pretty much all in. They have a two game advantage over right. anybody else. Not not um, all of them are a lock, but it would take yes. a you're, it would take a Jeff Roman chaos scenario. Yes, uh, I do love, you know, I love a good chaos scenario and yeah. I'm always rooting for the chaos, but that, um, we've got enough chaos in the AFC to, to tide me over for That's quite a, a long point. time. Um, so that leaves the 49ers at eight and six, the Vikings, Eagles, and Saints at seven and seven. And so only two of those four teams get in and I'm not even counting Washington, Atlanta at six and eight. Um, so right, just they're very much so in it. They're definitely in it for sure, but um, but I guess you know San Francisco, Minnesota, Philadelphia, New Orleans are all one game separate with um, two playoff spots between them. What do you think happens there in the NFC? Okay, so here's um, I I think the I'm going to think about it like you know stocks trending. Um, sure, San Francisco 49ers stock. I think is trending very much so in the right direction. Uh, their offense has looked uh, a lot better. Uh, defense is strong. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how many, uh, what they're, let's see, I'm looking it up now, what they've rattled off 
it's one, two, three, four, five um, out of their last six games. Um, and their their lone loss there was a, a game at the Seahawks, which is always a tough one. We'll see what goes down um, on uh, <clears throat> tomorrow night with uh when they go when they go at the titans i think that'll that'll be a, a a game where we learn a lot but i see them as trending in the right direction and i see them getting in what do you think about that? yeah i think so i mean they've already got one game on on the right you know potential seventh spot so um they have the texans after the titans and they have the rams in the last week of the year and maybe the rams don't have much to play for at that point so I think San Francisco is pretty easy in here. I think it's unlikely that they um, lose two out of three here finishing up. Um, right. So that makes sense to me. Yep. So um, I don't then trust um, either the the Eagles um, or, uh, or Minnesota. I, I just have a hard time. A hard time getting behind that. Uh, I oddly, maybe it's the the hot pick of the week. See the Saints as having a decent path. Um, so coming off that win against the Buccaneers, they they now have three pretty winnable games. Um, with the uh, the toughest one probably is this week against the Dolphins. It'll be. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Then the Panthers and then the Falcons. So that isn't the path that I dislike for them. I could see them being um, nine and eight and getting in. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give them the nod over the Vikings and the Eagles. So I definitely agree with you. I see New Orleans at nine and eight. Um... The, that is probably the only way they get in because, um, well, Philadelphia has the tiebreaker because Philadelphia beat them this year. Um, so that is definitely something in Philadelphia's. I don't trust Philadelphia as far as I can throw them. I watched right. that game last night. I mean, and I watched them against the Giants where they couldn't couldn't beat the Giants. I watched right. them, uh, you know, blow a lot of different games. They obviously that they could have won. However, they have won four out of their last five. And that despite that one, the one sore point is that stinker against the giants. They have the giants again this week and Washington and the Cowboys with potentially again, the Cowboys having nothing to play for on the last week. So that is a favorable schedule because the giants are going to start Mike Glennon and you're right. The Cowboys are probably going to be resting up at that point if they have the division locked and they already, and they already, um, and they already benched Glenn on for uh, from in the middle of the game. So, right. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's worse than the team that only scored seven or only scored 13 points against them last time. And you'd hope that they could score at least 14 points against the giants, but Hey, you know what? <laughs> um, you know, weirder things have happened for yeah. sure. Um, you know, Philadelphia in the playoffs, I would be very surprised to be perfectly honest. Their team is, is, doing well, but I mean, you know, I think they have glaring flaws pretty much every time you watch them, but you know, we're talking about all three of these teams at seven and seven all have glaring flaws. Um, Minnesota's path is the toughest. I think they have the Rams, the Packers and the bears, the bears Rams at home at Packers. I mean, I can't imagine they're winning that, that football game. 
Um, yeah. Unless, again, unless the Packers for some reason are playing Jordan Love and right. You know, oh, I mean, I don't second to last week. They probably don't have the number yeah. one seed fully locked up. They, I think they're going to need to win that game. Uh, yep. And then I don't know. The Bears are a weird team. Um, and anytime you're in an in-division game, yeah, you know, I can't it, count that many in-division games as like an easy win. You know? Yeah, so that, that I think is the toughest path. Plus, we just don't trust Kirk Cousins uh, no. and, you know, just that team in general. So are, are, we, are we putting San Francisco and Philadelphia in the playoffs here? Is that what we're doing? I'm putting you, the Saints in. So so then, well, Philadelphia has the, the tiebreaker over the Saints. So that, then you think that Philadelphia is going to lose or tie. Yeah. So Do less, gonna, than, less than two and one down the stretch. Right. So even though the Giants are terrible and they're playing a practice squad quarterback at this point, um, weirder things have happened. I, I like Washington as a scrappy team and... I don't know. Maybe the Cowboys do have some. I, I, I don't think that they will, but I, I don't know that they're going. I'm looking at that schedule. I'm not sure that they're going two and one. I yeah. think the Saints no, can I, go two and one, and I'm not certain that the Eagles can. Yeah, I think the Saints certainly have an easier path, but, um, you know, Eagles, three individual games. I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to expect from the Eagles, and I don't know how they're going to go. Um, okay, so you're, so yeah, we'll put. I'll yeah, stick with I'll it. Le- yeah, I'll, I'll lean that way too. The tiebreaker is tough there. Um, Watch like the Giants win eight to seven on you know like a last second TD, and Joe Judge yeah. trying to save his job goes for two, yeah. and <laughs> some third string wide receiver throws a Philly special, and they you know like it, I just see yeah. some weird stuff happening to them like that. Yeah, and obviously New Orleans. Um, has a pretty high strength of victory because they beat the Packers early on in this, the year. They beat yeah. the Buccaneers just now. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, their strength of victory is three point three seven two. So they have a they've be, beaten up on the bad teams um, that they faced. Um, all right, so that that Tim, would you believe it, would be the easy side? Um, okay, now we're getting into the weeds here. Let, let's get into the weeds here, and this is this is a audio medium so i'm going to do the best to explain this oh, okay wow. um so i'm going to go ahead and throw out three the three teams at the top the chiefs at 10 and 4 the patriots and the titans right they're not locked in at all but i'm just going to oh. for this for the point of this experiment i'm gonna throw it out okay and i'm gonna throw out the three teams at the bottom that have been eliminated the jets the texans and the jaguars okay and so that leaves us 10 teams in the middle that have between six and seven losses. So that is from spot four in the playoffs to spot 13 way out of the playoffs. Okay. Um, So we've got uh, the Bengals at eight and six. We're currently the leaders in the AFC North. We've got the Colts at eight and six. We got the chargers at eight and six. We got the bills at eight and six at the last spot in the playoffs right now. They hold the tiebreak over Baltimore based on best win percentage in common games. Okay. Then on the outside looking in, we have Baltimore at eight and six Steelers at seven, six and one Vegas Raiders, Dolphins, Browns, and Broncos at seven and seven. So what a mess we have 10, we have 10 teams. You can choose four (laughs) to make the playoffs. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, I, I'm not going to be able to dig so deeply into the uh, the remaining schedule on all three, all of these. But um, go ahead and tell me what you got. Here's the wild thing, or like one of the wild things. Um, you know, the Patriots are second in the conference right now. As I understand it, if they lose to the Bills, they could drop all the way down at they could drop all the way down to five or six. Um, you know, so, so it's there's so much movement that one game can create. I think that's important to kind of to kind of note. Um, so I, I think the Patriots, I think you're right about that. They're probably a lock. I, I see them going. I, I don't know that they're going to win more than one of their remaining games, uh, but I see them at 10 and seven. I think that's that's pretty as close to a lock as you can get. Um, okay. I'm going to say the Bengals and Colts are in the Buffalo bills are in. Um, and I'm going to, I, I like the way that this, uh, uh, backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens is playing. Um, what's his name? Hunt Huntley. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Huntley. He, yeah, he he looks fun. He looks it's fun to watch. Um, so I'm trying to decide between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And one thing here's what I'll say about Pittsburgh, and this is purely anecdotal, unless there are stats that support this somewhere, is I've watched a couple of their uh, recent games, and they have been a, a a dominant fourth quarter team. It seems like that these games are are close or you know going into the half or in deep into the third quarter and then they just seem to like take it over um so i don't know if that tie helps them or hurts them uh you know how that that ultimately is going to play into this but they're kind of a wild card pun intended uh in in whether or not they're going to make it i'm not sure about the chargers um so why don't i settle on kansas city I'll even go in an order for you. Kansas City, one. Buffalo, two. Um, then I got to get some other division winners here. Um, then uh, I'll go... Ooh. I'll go... Titan, Titans or Colts, three. basically, yeah. yeah. Indianapolis, three. Bengals, four. Tennessee, five. I'm sorry, New England, five. Tennessee six, Ravens seven. Boom. Mark it down. Put a dollar on that and turn that baby into cash. <laughs> I wonder if they have markets for that, for the exact playoff order. That yeah, would be it has um, to be somewhere. Someone I'm sure that somewhere has that. that. So somebody has that. Okay. So, um, yeah. The interesting thing. So you you led you put Baltimore in at seven, right? I did. I, I have them okay. just sneaking in. So they have the Bengals this week at the Bengals, and they have the Steelers um, week 17 at home. So those obviously are huge, crucial divisional and playoff games. I'll give them one and one in that game. Lost to the, lost to the Bengals win against the Steelers. And I think that's right, especially because um, Lamar Jackson might be back by that last game. I almost like obviously Huntley, Huntley than Jackson. Yeah, I he's been great. Do. Man. He's been a, he's been a better he's been a better passer. He's not nobody. I don't think is the runner that Lamar Jackson is. But true. 
but he's, he's been a better he's a passer, good complimentary sure. quarterback for that system. And that's what I like to see. Not to segue too much away from it, but I'm I'm delaying actually making my decisions here. Um, <laughs> that's what I like to see when, in your backup quarterback. You want somebody who is so similar to your starter that you can run the same offense. You Se- can seamless transition. The ball comes out in a similar way, all right? Like if you have a left-hander like Tua, you don't want like a you know you don't want uh, a hard-throwing righty who's you know six ten as your backup, right? Leave that to like MLB bullpens where you want to change eye level. You don't want to change eye level on your receivers. So, right. um, I I love to see that. So, I think I think you're right. I have a hard time believing in the Bengals. Maybe know, it's just their history. They've, they've thrown up so many clunkers, and even even last week, they scored 15 points and you know eked out a win. It, it was gross. Yeah, and the Chargers to me are so easily they have a very distinct weakness that I think that they probably will be on the outside looking in. I they don't also think have any like a ton yeah. of COVID uh, right. people yeah, right COVID now. Going on now. Um, I would love to see the Dolphins get in after go, being like one and seven, and then go up to like ten and seven. That would be amazing. Um, and of course, I said I wasn't going to check everybody's schedule, but now I'm checking everybody's schedule. Um, there is a huge game for the Dolphins and Saints. Um, obviously, that is the uh, Monday nighter this That's week. That's this week. So, yeah, across um, uh, AFC, NFC, cross uh, cross conference uh, playoff battle there, which would be really interesting. You don't see those teams meet a lot, um, so that one should be super interesting. But the Dolphins have at the Titans then versus the Patriots, so. A, a very tough schedule for them. Yeah, at, so I don't think that they're going to the get Patriots. to ten and seven. <laughs> I, I have at home against the Patriots as a win. It's they're perfectly capable of winning all three of those. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just a little bit of a harder schedule than some of the other yeah, teams we're looking at. That's true. Um, I, I do like the Colts. I think they're surging. Um, so I think that they're safely in. I am going to, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and. Has this been two weeks in a row or my memory is just not that great, but have they gone for two, two weeks in a row at the very end of the game and missed it? I think it's that... two out of the last three weeks they've done that. I don't okay. think it was last week, it was the week before. And, you know, it's a it's an interesting question. Uh, I have to give credit to Jeopardy James, who I follow on Twitter, who said, you know, if only the rules allowed for the Ravens to go for two on the first touchdown, so they knew how they had to play the second one, like right, I, yeah. If you're gonna, if you know you're gonna do it, and and you know, I saw something. It actually was a really cool video about some of the stuff that we've talked a lot about, like John Harbaugh, like communicating, like going up to, going up to the quarterback, the offensive players, being like, "Hey, if we if we score this touchdown, we're going for two on the next one," um, like getting them mentally prepared, uh, asking them, asking them how confident they are, asking them what they want to do. Do they want to go to overtime? Do they want to win it now? Like, I love all that stuff. The only thing was like, I I feel like, and I don't know, they're like supposed to be the most analytics driven team out there, I I think, but it doesn't, doesn't it seem more analytically savvy, so to speak, to go for two on the first touchdown? Well, this is, this is a good topic that I'm glad you brought this up because you know, they missed both times. So 
you know, the, the reactionaries in, you know, wherever they are, are like, whoa, you know, look at the analytics didn't work both these times they lost both games. Well, you know, it's not analytics, you know, the, the play uh, sucked, the straw man, <laughs> yeah. the, the straw man argument of analytics, you know, uh, math or whatever they're railing against uh, to go for two, right? That's just a 50, 50 proposition. Um, the, the analytics would be what you said. You should go, if you're going to go for two and you know, you're going to try to win it, you should go for two as early as you can so that you know how to set your team and your strategy for the rest of the, the game. Right. So, um, you know, the win probability, you know, uh, analytics thing that people rail against wouldn't really say that you have to go for two to win it. Right. Um, because, uh, overtime is basically a coin toss and going for two is basically a coin toss. Right. So, yeah. um, those things are, are pretty equal and you're not getting any plus, you know, expected value doing that instead of waiting for overtime to have that kind of coin toss. If that makes any sense. Am I answering that question there? Yeah, I, I guess it just, it, I, exactly. If you're going to, if you know you're going to do it and he, and it sounds like from the mic'd up stuff I heard, he knew they were going to do it. So right. And it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you're, if you're going to do it with zero time on the clock, then you should do it with six minutes on the clock so that, you know, uh, with zero, if you need to do it or right. if you need you to either, just kick an extra point or, exactly. or if you make it, then you just kick an extra point and you win the game. Right. And if you don't, uh, now, you know, you got to go for two. Like, right. It, it just seems like I understand you don't like the, the saying is like, you don't need, don't want to go for two until you have to. I feel like you have to when you're down. Well, when you're at two touchdowns, two touchdowns down, and if you know that you're going to try to win the game, um, then you got to go for it, I guess. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's fun to talk about. Um, maybe he wasn't as sure as he was making it sound like well, talking to talking to his players. Um, but it, it's just, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, that is a straw man argument. Like, oh, the analytics failed. No, like, the play stunk. Like, they, right. they cut the field in half and had one one wide receiver option. wasn't a good play. And and even the um in, in not this one but the the last one, um the first one they did the play was great and it was just broken up by JJ Watt and like everything was right on, um just that JJ Watt got enough on the the pass that that uh, the, caused the other it to, Watt to break the other down. Watt not not JJ uh, oh TJ Watt excuse TJ. me yes you're right you're right the other your Watt. son's name. Uh, Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever that one is. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so, all right. So that's enough about Baltimore. I have to make my decision on who is going to make the uh, AFC playoff race. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and throw out all of the 7-7 teams here um, just to make it easier on me. I don't like the Broncos. I think the Browns are decimated by injury and COVID. Mm-hmm. They're out. Miami Dolphins, I looked at their schedule. I think they're out. Um, Las Vegas, I don't see it. I, I think they have enough problems that are um, that they're not. I'm not going to put them in over any of these other teams. So um, that leaves me with Baltimore and Pittsburgh on the outside looking in right now. Um, I am going to leave the Steelers out, and I am going to... Mm. I'm so I'm going to go ahead and put the Bengals out and put the Ravens in. Wow. So Bengals out Ravens yeah. in. 
So that and I will yeah, I'll that, give quick clarification there. So in that you have the Ravens winning the division. Yes, the okay. Ravens will win the division and and the whole division may end up over 500 and they may have only one playoff team. <laughs> um, yeah, the Browns are in last place at seven and seven. I don't think they're going to end in f- above five hundred. But uh, yeah, I would um, agree with that. So that would put Baltimore Ravens at four. I think Tennessee will probably hold on to three here. Um, with with you at Bills at two, um, then I'm going to keep the Chargers in, the Patriots in, and the Colts in. So those three will be the the wild card teams. So, so you also have the Bills winning the division. I do, I do. I I put a little bit, uh, put a little bit of uh, of uh, lunch money on that uh, last week because uh, I think I texted you this that uh, you know looking at teams that um, if if you believed that Indianapolis was going to beat um, New England like I did, um, then Buffalo to win the division was a good a good bet. Um, right. So at plus 250 or whatever it was. So um, I, I did that um, because I believe that Indianapolis was going to win and they did. Um, and I think Buffalo is going to win this week. Um, and so um, that will put them in, in in the lead. I believe they have the tie break then over at New England. So um, I believe that, that's that, correct. Yeah, that, that will give them the advantage, even if they end with the same record, that'll put the Bills in the first spot. Um so anything else, I guess, on the AFC? That was a lot of chaos. Yeah, of, I guess. A lot just, of teams. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, maybe this will transition us to some of the game, Like, you know, how the, all this COVID stuff is going to play out uh, with the big game with, uh, say, New England and Buffalo. And both sides have one of their top wide receivers out. So, like, this is, uh, this is something that's going to have a – probably have an impact on how games uh, games turn out and those new uh, don't test if you're not symptomatic rules I don't think come into effect until next week right yeah and I think you know previous to the COVID world um, in in the old world uh, you know pre-COVID um, yes PC if, any, if any, anybody remembers it I don't um there was, you could always kind of anticipate a player's injury. Um, you know, oh, they didn't practice or they limited practice or, you know, they were tagged as questionable or whatever. A guy could get tagged with COVID on Saturday night, you know, like, and yep. you'd have no idea that that was coming, right? Whereas if a player was out, there was so infrequently that a player would just be out, out of nowhere, right? Healthy and then just and so that that is happening here a lot. Um, so Travis Kelsey, one that particularly affects my fantasy football teams. Um, so and no idea when they're going to come back out, right? So they need that that negative test, and they'll keep testing them every day or multiple times a day until they get it um, for the vaccinated players, obviously. Um, right. So that will. Um, I think predicting who's going to be in and who's going to be out of the games um, is impossible, even for the NFL teams. You know, you saw I I thought it was a pretty uh, funny story. And maybe this is just, you know, where I'm coming from. But the they talked about Garrett Gilbert um, or my son, as my son calls him, Gilbert Gilbert Garrett. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he they told the story about how on Wednesday night he was like giving his daughter a bath and his wife comes upstairs and she's like, you missed like 26 calls. <laughs> and there's Washington calling him and telling him, hey, like you need to get here now and you need to be able to play on Tuesday. So, um, so, you know, that's the kind of thing that has been happening. And I know it happened last year with, with Denver. So, right. um, you know, predicting who's in and who's out. I, I think that is, that is, um, is difficult. Um, so as, as most teams mo- will have multiple players out probably. Let me ask you this question. I, I probably should know this. I hope you do. Uh, what is the metric by which the NFL is using to move certain games? That's a good question, and I don't know that metric, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Like, wh- um, why why did the Browns get moved? I, I like. Yeah, I th- I think it was. I think it's the number. I don't know. I think it's. And you know what? To be perfectly honest, applying logic and uh, consistency to the NFL's rulings uh, is a fool's errand in most cases, and I'm imagining it, it is the case here okay. as well. Yeah. Um, for example, in the NBA, I know they said, "Hey, if you have 13 players, you got to play." Um, and they said for every, <laughs> and I love this cause a little segue into the NBA real quick. Um, and they said for every player that you have on the COVID list, you can just get another player from anywhere. Um, the G league or Europe or whatever. So all of these guys that you've heard of Joe Johnson, right. You probably remember from ISO Joe from the Nets days. Um, he's back, right. He hasn't played since 2000 and. 19, I think. Um, but a team signed him because they had so many COVID. So um, that's just an example of the rules being hard and fast, right? Um, if you have 13, you, you have to play. And if, uh, if if you have a player out, you can sign another player. Um, so they just changed those rules. The NFL's rules, I don't know. I just, yeah. you know, I had I had uh, the, uh, the thing up here looking at the standings and I saw on the side that you know, they thought about canceling those, uh, those Tuesday games, but they ended up not canceling them. Um, but, uh, so I, I think, you know, most leagues, NFL, I mean, NHL aside, which had a pretty big problem are probably going to just play through it. Um, right. And, and hope that, you know, they, they ride out this, this wave, so to speak, um, and, uh, and get past it. So, I don't know. Did that answer your question? I went in a million different directions. Yeah, I, I guess the, the the answer is neither of us really know, and it it would have opened up a pretty pretty bad Pandora's box precedent, whatever, if they did cancel the games because what games get canceled, what games don't, right? Um, you know that that's uh, that's an issue that the NFL uh, does not want. So, um, and and, and yeah. not to make everything like about my worldview, but. Fantasy football is a giant piece of the NFL. And if they canceled one game at the last second, there's all of these players in the playoffs, people starting playoffs in week 15, if you have a six or eight team league, right? Who are completely just toast, right? Um, With no repercussions. Well, some leagues set up, you know, set up, you know, uh, catch-alls just in case, but, um, you know, not everyone did. So I think that would cause a lot of, uh, a lot of problems on, on, uh, on that end of things, right? Um, I know we talk about it not being serious, but it's serious for the NFL because it, it it leads to more people watching, you know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, more eyes were on Washington, Philadelphia than there probably were would have otherwise been. 
Yeah, absolutely. So well, I, I know that I watched more of it than I usually do because it's usually a part of um, when I'm watching Red Zone. So I definitely watched um, um, more of that game for sure. Right. Um, all right. So we talked about that. We talked about the um, the who's going to make the playoffs. Um, we have, well, let's talk about two other NFL things. First on the field, um, Arizona Cardinals are the other team that we didn't really talk about. They're still kind of sitting pretty in the NFC playoff picture, um, but they're reeling a little bit. Um, they lost, you know, I think you could make the case last week that Detroit would probably cover. I think it was like 10 points um, to spread against Arizona. Um, you could probably make the case that, hey, maybe maybe Detroit could eke out a win here. But, you know, Detroit beat uh, Arizona by 18 points. Um, and and that was not a unfair result, in my opinion. I don't think Arizona had 100 total yards of offense in the first half. Yeah. Uh, not surprised. I think they were shut out in the first half, if I uh-huh. remember correctly. Um, so um, they are currently, you know, they were the number one seed and everybody thought, oh, they're the best team in the league and all this stuff when they are flying high. DeAndre Hopkins is out, at least for the rest of the regular season. Um, Kyler Murray looks more like his, uh, you know, Clark Kent uh, type than his Superman type. Uh, you know, what do you think about these guys? Where you know, what's going to happen here? They're probably going to make the playoffs, but, you know, they're, they're going to host a first round game and they, they're probably going to host somebody. I don't know, like somebody that could be, it'd be dangerous, you know, yeah. like San Francisco. Um, just when, just when I started to give in and believe in Kyler Murray, he goes off and Oklahoma quarterbacks, this thing, you know, like uh, it, it, it are we at the place where we're asking, is he still the real deal? Or I mean, this, yes. Or or is this injury stuff? And if it is, does that mean he isn't the real deal? Because he can't be the kind of quarterback that he was in college because he's going to get it's the NFL and, and, and you don't have that luxury to do that kind of stuff here. Um, I, I think certainly questions should still be answered are asked until he wins in the playoffs. Um, but you know, I think I thought for a little bit, oh, these guys are pretty smart. Like he he basically took a two week bye week in the middle of the year to get a little bit healthier. You know, he he always gets hurt. He's a little guy he gets he runs. So he gets smushed, um, for lack of a better term, more than uh, than a pocket quarterback. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's smaller than like your big pocket quarterback. So um, I, I think. You know, I consider them in capital T trouble, to be perfectly honest. Um, they could be beaten at home by any of these teams um, that are in the, the playoffs, especially because there's a lot of teams in the NFC West in the playoffs. And, um, you know, these teams in the NFC West have, have played all close games. I think if you bet the underdog uh, in, in every NFC West matchup this year, you'd be like living in the money um they i think they they the the favorites have covered like two times so you know they have a tough game against the colts this week got three tough uh, games on, yeah. on christmas they're at the cowboys on the second to last game when uh you know either team is is jockeying for a position and they're playing against the seahawks 
in the last game, which again, an NFC West game, Seahawks are, are a tough matchup for anybody in the NFC West. And, ask and the Rams, ask the 49ers. They're potentially playing a, the Seahawks would be potentially playing a win and four other things need to happen and you're in kind of thing. So the NFL will play all those games at the same time because that's what they do. And you, you know, you're going, you're going to go up a team that's very much so trying to win that game at all costs. So, um, I don't know, Arizona, uh, I think they're, they're in, I, I, I'm not saying they're in trouble to make the playoffs, but they're in trouble. I I agree with you. Capital T. Yeah. And the Rams could very much win that division. Um, Mm. take it from them. They're tied now. And, and Arizona has the tie break based on, uh, divisional, win percentage, which is only four to one and three to two. So if Arizona loses another divisional game, um, that very much could tip um, in Los Angeles's favor. Um, and then that gives Arizona a road playoff game, right? You're, you're playing at Los Angeles, at Tampa Bay, something like that um, in the first week of the playoffs. And they wouldn't be favored there. Um, and so that would be um, a pretty a pretty quick and fast fall for them, for sure. Um, I agree. They're in, they're in trouble. Is there any possibility that they fall behind San Francisco as well? San Francisco is one in four in the division. Um, so I, I'm not super versed on, on the tie breaks, but San Francisco is two games back. So with three games to go, um, Arizona goes one and two. San Francisco goes two and one. That's, I mean, then you're talking tiebreakers. Um, so yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if um, that divisional tiebreaker comes in play when it's not about the who's leading the division. So, um, yeah, definitely see about that one. Um, but it, it's definitely, you know, they definitely could fall to six for sure. Yeah, That would be a bad place to be because you're going at Dallas, at Tampa Bay. Way, 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 um, yeah. You know, so that uh, that is going to be interesting to I, see what happens I think, I think that's their them. future, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Um, last week on the pod, we talked about Mr. One Urban Meyer. Yes. Um, and about two hours after we posted our, our podcast, he was fired in the middle of the night by press release. Um, so strange. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Shad Khan, owner of the Jaguars, finally decided he had enough. Um, you know, that he made the decision after the after the game, but waited until the middle of the night on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was strange. The, it, it's it certainly seemed like there was probably lawyers involved um, trying to uh, to to fire him with cause. Um, they certainly had enough newspaper clippings to fire him with cause, so they probably had to uh, dot the dot the eyes and the lowercase J's to uh, yeah. to make sure they they had that one uh, solid before they released it. So. Um, we talked about him a lot. No new problems, obviously, since last week because he was immediately fired. Um, I guess just, you know, I, your thoughts looking back on the Urban Meyer uh, adventure um, in, in Jacksonville um, in, in the NFL. What what uh, what did that do for you? I, I still am at a place where I I mean, I guess it's just tremendous ego or like that. I don't understand why he even did this in the first place. Um, you know, it, it seemed like, yeah, go on Fox pregame every, every Saturday and do your podcast. 
uh, on leadership and and just roll off into the sunset. And he needlessly took on this challenge, which is you know a, a tough situation. And and it's it's something I think we even said back when this happened that he was going to lose more games this year than um, uh, than he did at his entire tenure at Ohio State. And they did. And I think what we found was not only did this guy once kind of in this spotlight make some pretty boneheaded decisions like not flying back with the team and then getting caught saying that you did it you know, to hang out with your family and then getting caught in a compromising situation. Um, it seems like he just didn't handle losing very well. And that uh, maybe, maybe because he's never done it. Like he, he's never, he's never been in a, in a place where he's had to face that kind of adversity um, and, and, and losing. And so uh, I think we found out that when that stuff happens, uh, he goes away from his leadership playbook and becomes a uh, something else entirely. Uh, so I, I guess that's my take on it. It's too bad because I, I did like him as a coach at Ohio State, um, but this, this certainly uh, certainly wasn't a good good thing for his legacy at all. Has this changed your opinion? Generally speaking, uh, well, I, of him? I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Um, so, like, <laughs> go ahead, I'll answer that next. Does this tarnish his legacy? Is that, I think, it, I think it has to. He's up there in turn. I think okay. He right, you know, prior to taking the Jacksonville job, he was up there in the conversation. So Nick Saban is is the holy grail of college coaches. Um, Urban Meyer's on on Mount Rushmore as well with him. So, does that you think this will tarnish that that legacy? I mean, I think people can keep college football stuff separately and still think he's a great college coach. But I think you know it's not just that he lost, and you know I, personally, there's no shame in losing. To be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I think you measure greatness in football a lot by by wins, of course. But I think, you know, stepping into a place like Jaguars, where you knew that you were going to lose, the appetite for losing is pretty great there. They don't care, right? They've always, they've lost for many years. So continuing to lose there is not a big deal. I think that when he, his persona going into this, position was so much about leadership and integrity and, you know, and so on and so forth, right? What you've talked about with his book and podcast and um, teaching leadership at Ohio State. Um, And then to not only fail, but kind of fail in this way that is so uh, opposite of what he's been talking about before that, I think that makes it a bigger fall from grace, so to speak, if you know what I mean, like take Bobby Petrino, for example, they had the same number of games in the NFL, but Bobby Petrino, like, I don't think anybody saw him as a paragon of virtue, right? When he came into the Falcons, was it Falcons uh, or Dolphins? I can't remember. Anyway, Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. So he went there for 14 games and left in the middle of the night without telling anybody to go back to another college job. Um, So, 
after failing in the NFL. So I think, you know, people kind of saw him in a similar light after that. They're like, well, this guy's kind of a, kind of a sleazeball. Yeah. Maybe he's a good football coach. Right. Whereas Urban Meyer, right. As I've gone over is, it was kind of speaking to this, this leadership and integrity and stuff. And then saw, we saw the opposite in the NFL. Um, so I, I think that causes a greater, greater fall. Um, if anything, we, we in the United States love a, love a good fall from grace um, and we'd love to build back up again. So <laughs> I'm sure somebody will give him a chance to build back up again after this. Yeah, so I, I guess I wonder what's, what's next. I mean, you know, they, they let him go after all of the good, juicy college football jobs were already taken. Um, so it could be, you know, a, a year off and then, and then to another another, you know, mid, mid range, uh, power five team. Um, or, you know, he could just have decided that he's had enough, but based on his history, when he's, when he left Florida, um, and, uh, when he was just, you know, uh, doing studio stuff now, it doesn't seem like he can, he can, uh, he can quit the, the habit for too long, you know? Right. So uh, I think it was two years after after Florida. Maybe it was one uh, one year after leaving Ohio State, both for quote unquote health reasons. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like he can't sit still, uh, <clears throat> even though maybe that's just what he needs to do. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, sitting still would probably be good for him for a little bit. Um, so I think you know, we'll see. I mean, there's always a next chapter, especially with, you know, he'll be back on TV. I'm sure somebody will hire him for TV, college football, or um, some, I'm sure plenty of college athletic directors will be calling uh, him next year when there's more openings um, to, to see if he'll, he'll come in and uh, coach their team. So um, may not be the end of him, but certainly he's, uh, he's down at the, uh, the nadir of his, uh, of his value at this point. Yeah. All right, enough about Urban Meyer. Yep, um, moving, on. Move, moving on just like the Jags. Yeah, all right. So um, let's go to week 16. Let's talk about week 16, and we'll get out of here. Um, we're, we're coming up here on Christmas, so um, everybody wants to, to start wrapping their, their Christmas presents. That's right. Um, so, all right, so let's talk about – we got a couple of big games this week, and then we can t- go ahead and go to our picks. Um, we talked a little bit about um, Baltimore and Cincinnati – um, Indy and Arizona is another, uh, a big game, uh, this week, obviously Indy surging, um, Arizona kind of falling. Um, that one screams a little bit of danger, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ignore the warning signs there for Indianapolis. Um, we've also got on Thursday night. So we got a big game against uh, San Francisco, Tennessee, another AFC, NFC, uh, playoff teams matchup. So that one should be interesting game. Go ahead. Do you have any thoughts on this one? I do. It's one of my. It's one of my. Uh, one of my games. Um, okay. I, I gotta stick with my 49ers here. Uh, you know, I just said that they're their team on the up, up and up, uh, playing really well. I, I usually don't like road teams on Thursday night, um, but I, I could. I think you have two teams heading in different directions here, um, and the 49ers could make a big statement, I think, by winning this game on a short week um, on the road that uh, they're legit 
need to be taken seriously. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's very surprising to me that that Tennessee lost that game against Pittsburgh. They they had that one and just let it let it go. Um, as you talked about, Pittsburgh charged through in the fourth quarter like they have been recently. Um, and San Francisco, you know, the funny thing about San Francisco is we talked about them so much in the offseason because they traded so much up for Trey Lance and he's not even playing anymore. Like they don't even have a little package for him. They don't yeah. have nothing like, and they're playing great. <laughs> you know um, it's just, you know, what, what could they have done if they picked somebody that wasn't, wasn't a, uh, wasn't a quarterback that's not playing, you know? Um, Such an interesting question. Very interesting. Um, all right. Um, that is not one of my picks, but that is a very interesting game on Thursday night. Um, we've got Baltimore Cincinnati, which we talked about when we talked about the AFC um, and the AFC North. Yep. I think, you know, I think Baltimore is going to take that one. I like Cincinnati, but I, I just feel like they're, I don't know. I, I think they're just going to get pulled down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to make of that game period. Um, yep. It being in Cincinnati has to, has to help Cincinnati. Um, odds makers are basically calling it a pick them at minus three for Cincinnati. So uh Imagine this should be a another one of those low scoring uh, games that gets decided gets decided late. Well, it's interesting. The last game, um, last Baltimore Cincinnati this year was the one where um, Cincinnati came out like like gangbusters and absolutely blew the doors off Baltimore. It was like forty eight to three or something. Yeah. Um, CJ Uzoma and Jamar Chase were both running wild. So I wonder if we'll see a similar. Um, you know, wide open game or, or we'll see, as you talked about, like a, a tighter, like kind of a nervier game yeah. as both teams have a lot on the line in this game. Um, and um, the the last big one, obviously, is the Buffalo New England rematch. We talked about it a little bit. Do you have any other additional thoughts on this one? Um, um, this I'm goes? not I'm not as confident in as you are that the Bills are going to win this game. Um, so I want you to convince me. Okay, so um, New England won the last game, barely, um, when basically uh, Buffalo couldn't stop the run and New England didn't have to throw at all, right? So all all through the running game and and defense. Um, However, um, in better conditions, I think that uh, Buffalo's offense will be able to better, um, as long as they have Josh Allen, which I think that they will, that will be able to better move the ball through Josh Allen running, Josh Allen throwing, um, you know, they probably won't run the ball because <laughs> they, I, I don't think they kind of, for, they kind of forget to run the ball for a while, but Josh Allen will run it enough. Um, and, and they'll throw it enough to their tight ends and wide receivers that I think that Buffalo will do enough on offense and will, uh, you know, if, if new England runs the ball as much as they did with success, um, it'll, it'll keep the game close enough that Buffalo will be able to score enough points to win. Um, if that makes sense. So like maybe an under situation, but like a 17, 14 kind of, kind of win. You said something interesting about, um, about the rushing. Um, so the bills in that, in that game, the previous game, I wonder if, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I, I don't remember enough of the game to say this definitively true. The Patriots are playing the run there because the wind is super insane, and 
everyone, it seemed, was afraid to throw until late in the game when the Bills started to actually do it and found out, oh, actually, we have a quarterback that has an absolute missile for an arm. Like, turns out he doesn't care about the wind. And they started having success. Buffalo rushed for 119 yards last week. Um, So I wonder how much of that lack of being able to rush against the Patriots was due to the fact the Patriots were basically being like, you beat us in the air. We don't think you have the guts to do it. Um, Rather than the Bills not being a good rushing team. Yeah, I, I will 100% agree on that. I, I, I don't think that the Bills, I mean, the Bills are top 10 in pass percentage. Um, I don't think that they prefer to do a traditional running game. Um, a lot of their runs are, are kind of shotgun style. Uh, Josh Allen, also a bunch through Josh Allen. So uh, I feel, you know, that game, obviously that wind game, um, wind and weather game, you know, the Patriots, were kind of like the defender that plays with the sideline, right? They had the wind as a sideline so that they knew that they only had to play up, right? They didn't have to play back. Um, they only had to play the run and short passes. Um, and so they could compress the defense. It's basically goal line all the time. Um, so I think that hurt the Bills' offense, right? Because, you know, if New England knows that you're going to run, you're probably going to stop your run. Um, and they didn't stop it all the way. So I think if Josh Allen could spread out the field uh, a little bit more, that'll leave opportunities for everywhere else on their offense. And I think they have a better game. Certainly, certainly better than a win game. Um, but, you know, I think we saw um, a better Mac Jones in, in games since then. But, you know, I think the Bills are, are good enough to, to keep this one um, close enough that they can, they can win it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you that that I think the the wind provided an opportunity for New England to uh, load up against the run, and they did. So it is. I, I agree. I think the Buffalo is the better team. There's just something that um, screams out warning signs to me on this one. Not because I think they have a better quarterback or they have a better team. Uh, I think you know. There's something about the Bills and playing Bill Belichick and the and the Patriots that gets Sean McDermott all hot and bothered, and then he can't think clearly and acts irrationally, and I don't know. So I'm, I'm I guess it, it's sort of the like everyone gets so hyped up to do it, they they end up sort of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of worried something like that might happen. Yep, I, I definitely see. I mean, you know, you know me and my New England. Like, I don't believe that they're going to lose until like it's triple zeros on the clock. I'm like, oh, they're going to pull something out. They're going to run that 16 point play. I just know it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm there with Sean McDermott on that kind of psyching myself out with the uh, right with the uh, with the Patriots. So, um, I would not be surprised there at all either way. But I think Buffalo is going to win. Um, but you know, obviously, I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know how how much percentage I'm thinking there, but you know, I I, I like to think that that Buffalo uh, learned a lesson from their last game and takes a takes a W here. Okay. Um. All right. So let's go to our picks. Let's wrap 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 it up with the picks. Um. So let me just uh, let me just reset our uh, reset ourselves on the year. I am 24 and 25, almost at 500. Fingers okay. crossed. Um. You are at 19 and 26 and one. 
this year. So um, you're a couple games behind me. Um, so we've got uh, a couple games. Uh, we got week 16, 17, and 18 here. So we got three weeks to go. All right, Tim, give me what you got for this week. You you hinted at one, and I've already forgot which one it is. So you'll have to reintroduce. Uh, 49ers minus three on the road right. on Thursday night. Okay. I will I will take them. All right. Um already kind of gave the analysis there. Yep. Um I will also uh then I'll I'll go to Christmas Day and pick the Packers. I'm seeing it at minus seven and a half. Seven and a half, excuse me. Um I guess in theory I would yep. appreciate that being six and a half, but that's not the way this works. Um, but I, I, I am going to keep, even though the Packers only won by one point, they were up 14, uh, and it took some pretty good late heroics to get that game close. Uh, so they were, you know, I, I know that that can also be seen as like a collapse on them. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of chalk that up to the anomaly and say that that's the most complete football team in the NFL uh, and pick them against the Browns. Yeah. I don't think the Browns are capable of a frantic comeback like that. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's, I, uh, I like that one. Go ahead. And then uh, give me, give me my, my boys, the jets in a pick them game at home against the Jaguars. All right. All right. I like to see it. Um, I saw another thing on the sideline of, of ESPN when I was looking at the standings that said that this could be the first time that the Jets are favored in 26 games. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that line moves. Uh, <laughs> take, take them as a pick them right now while you yeah. can get them. Um, so I'm not sure they'll end up as a favorite, but all right. So Jets pick them. Um, that one should be a game that I'm not going to watch. Um, yeah, but I hope no, we'll, that's not going to yeah. be shown anywhere outside so, of yeah. Jacksonville. <laughs> general greater new york you might not like yeah. be able to see that if you lived like 30 minutes outside new york right yeah, yeah. poughkeepsie they're not right yeah that, that, that that's poughkeepsie. getting bills yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so uh jacksonville obviously the other big news with uh detroit's win and houston beating jacksonville jacksonville vaults into the number one um uh position in the NFL draft. Plenty of time to talk about the NFL draft and the order, um, but that was a, a seismic move from three to one for them, um, losing losing against Houston and Detroit winning. All right, so I've got, um, and this is the one that I talked about, should be, probably should be a red alert for me as, I, as I'm betting on the side of the momentum, but I like Indianapolis to beat Arizona. Um, Arizona headed in the wrong direction. Maybe they sorted out against Indy, but... Uh, I don't know. I think I think Indianapolis is is playing good good football, and Arizona is not. I think they're they're good enough to to beat them. That's a just a pick them line right now. Um, so I'll take I'll take Indy straight up on that one. Okay. Um, uh, I, next, mean, I, I don't yeah. think you're wrong. I think I think it's a strong pick. Yeah, I I, I think you know as referenced by the the, the pick the line being a pick them. I think it's it's could go either way, but. I would I would lean Indianapolis um, if it's straight up there. So that's what I shall do. Um, and so the next one I'm taking the Detroit Lions are getting five and a half points versus Atlanta. Atlanta is getting almost a touchdown against anybody. Uh, I'm going to take the other team. Um, I don't think Atlanta is capable of uh, 
much at this point. They're kind of a, a bottom tier team. So Detroit's playing hard. Obviously, they won a huge game, probably due for a letdown here, but I, I think they play hard. Um, and Atlanta is kind of teetering on the edge of uh, edge of the season here. So I think that uh, Detroit gets this done and continues their rise up the draft rankings mm. um, with with a win. Or you know what? I'd take a I'd take a loss by three as well. There would be fine. What do you okay. think about that one? Risky? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from that. Yeah, a couple of middling teams. I, you know, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, that, that, that I think is exactly. Like, I'm yeah. going to try to not. Yeah, yes, continue. Okay. <laughs> my game. Yeah. And I'm going to take um, the Rams minus three versus Minnesota. Um, I think that the Rams are better than more than three points better yeah. than Minnesota. So um, in Minnesota, I don't think matters. It's at a dome. Um, Matthew Stafford has played there plenty of times with Detroit. Yep. Um, so I think the Rams offense continues to do more than Minnesota can keep up with. So that, it was, I'll, I'll that was more than a field goal. That was one I thought about it. I think that's a real strong play. Also uh, um, Vikings can be tough. Uh, t- tough at home, but uh, like we said earlier, we don't really trust them. Trust the Rams yep. more. That's a good pick. All right, all right. There's our picks. Tim is going to try to go three and zero this week. We both went two and one last week, so we're we're trending in the right direction. There, all right, so. moving things along. Uh, all right. So with that, we are over an hour. How did we do that? We just did that. Just like that, the, um, the NFL. It's what it does to you. Yeah, just there's so much to talk, so much to talk about, so many storylines, so many games, so much going on. Um, all right, is there anything? And you can cop, you can opt out of this. I'm, I'm giving you opportunity. Is there anything that you are keeping your eyes on this week coming up with uh, Christmas? Obviously coming up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll opt into this. Um, or I guess okay. a couple of things, you know just generally keeping an eye on the whole Olympic situation because uh, it now looks like the NHL is not sending players to the Olympics. And I'm wondering if uh, that's going to be the first domino to fall in uh, in a larger trend here. Uh, so I'm kind of keeping my eye on that. And I don't think that's going to, well, I don't think it's going to happen like next week by any stretch of the imagination, but that was an interesting storyline developed uh, over the last couple of days that, I think it's worth is worth keeping our eye on. Um, sure. More immediately, I'm going to keep my eye on um, this spat that YouTube TV had with has gone with Disney because it lost me uh, ESPN for a couple days. Um, yeah, I saw that and uh, wasn't able to watch a couple bowl games. So I was gonna say that I'd like to keep my eye on the bowl games, but they're all on ESPN. And I can't do that unless YouTube TV and Disney can get along. So didn't, or didn't they sort didn't Disney. they sort that out? They didn't did. they sort that out? Okay. And they're giving me a fifteen dollar uh like rebate, I guess. So okay. assuming that this Saul is hunky dory and doesn't go back to like a weird place. Uh, I didn't even know that they were in like a problem. Usually you hear that kind of thing and this kind of snuck up on us. Um or at least me. So I'd like to keep my eye on the bowl games so long as the corporate entities that uh, are in charge of showing them allow it. 
<laughs> how about how's that for some complex uh, uh, complex take? <laughs> um, I, I'm probably in that uh, one into an outro. I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm ty- I'm typing it up now. I'm thinking about <laughs> it. I, it. It's going through. Uh, uh, all right. I'm 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 keep working on it. Uh, uh, all right. Here's what we're going to do. All right. All right. Go. I, I weaved it in. You can tell me how I do. All right. So keep your eyes glued to the college bowl season. As long as the corporate entities that allow the games to be shown on my TV continue to cooperate and keep your ears glued to <laughs> Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> that was terrific. That was good. That was I exactly that. Well, uh, you couldn't okay. have captured it better. Okay. So that's that's what you get for two minutes of me typing as I try to like uh, type that before that, I that might have been the best outro that, that we've had. Okay. Um, <laughs> we should we should that should be our, our like tagline and everything. As long as the corporate entities <laughs> that allow the games to be shown on my TV continue to cooperate. Oh man. It, it, you know like usually you hear like oh uh, you know Time Warner and, and Disney yep. are like or like a little message will appear at the bottom of the screen. Like this is the you know starting yep. this day we won't be getting these channels anymore. Uh, but that never that never happened. And, uh, I got an email like, like the day before, like, two days before, that was like, oh by the way, like starting on the seventeenth, you won't be getting the SDMA and the BBC or the Disney channels anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that is the case of kind of more people spreading to more options. Sling TV, YouTube TV, whatever, all of the other options. You know, I have Fios that's more traditional. Right. Um, and I wonder if that the attention is just not on as many of those into corporate entities because there's so many now, right? Whereas, you you know, if you were on, I don't know, Comcast, you know, if Comcast was having a disagreement with ESPN, I think they would know. So yeah. here's the question. Can you watch, like, ESPN and ESPN 2 without having to? Or, or some kind of TV 